Hello, Kardec Radio. This is Brian Foster. We are live on Facebook, Kardec Radio Facebook group. Please join. Tell your friends about the Kardec Radio Facebook group. And tonight we are talking about John's journey to the spirit realm, part two. This is all about John's vision in Revelation in the New Testament. This is part two. But first, we are brought to you by the discovery and the codification of what was communicated to Alan Kardec in the Spirits book. Just to remind everyone, Alan Kardec created a set of 1,019 questions. He had them answered from different mediums, from talking to different spirits throughout Europe. He didn't use that in, in his book. His main book is Spirits book, where he codified the responses, plus with other books. And now we'll start doing talking about the Gospel according to Spiritism next week, on Sunday here at Kardec Radio. And just to remind everybody, I also have a program on Wednesday nights on Spiritism and the Spirit World Around Us Facebook group. So let's get into it. This is so exciting. What the interpret high spirits told different different mediums, especially uh, Reverend G. Val Owen, about John's vision. So what we talked about in part one was we just ended here and when John said on chapter 4, And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And I just finished talking about, uh, in a book by uh, Chico Xavier, who was the medium who was talked to by Andre Luis, also in the books by G. Val Owen, who was, had many spirits talk to him, talking about crystal that was like a sea of glass. So, so what we've seen from spirits as mediums, John also saw. Plus, I talked about a near-death experience where someone said they saw this crystal. It was like liquid stone. There we go. It's a sea of glass. So here is just more exciting information. And of course, just to repeat what I said on part one, I'm not talking about interpreting all the events, right? I'm just talking about what he saw and how does that compare with what other people's vision of a, some sort of level in heaven could be? Now, let's talk about starting verses uh, chap verses 7 through 9, because these are very interesting. So if we go to 7 through 9, let me read these. And this is really what started me off on this whole thing. So it was, this is the four beasts. Now, I would have thought, well, who saw this? But let me go on. So number seven, verse seven. At, and the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts each had with them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Interesting, there was what is and was and is and is to come. All kind of talks about the uh, the the fourth dimension, the the the, the you know, where time is not the same here on Earth. They see the past, the present, and the future. So again, that's something John has right. And then verse nine. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever. Of course, we are immortal. So, so the worship that John describes actually continues on through chapter 5. But 
what I wanted. Uh, this was really a, a, the introduction and a, a fact of the forward piece. So what I want to introduce what the spirits told Reverend G. Val Owen. Now, this is in the book, The Kingdom of Heaven and the Power and the Glory. And there is a passage which sends, sheds light on what John witnessed. This is what was told to the Reverend G. Val Owen. This is the worship offered by created things in that heavenly sphere in which the service was proceeding, and also of those in the earth sphere and in the spheres below the earth. For there are spiritual beings of lesser degree and development than men. They are of many species and orders. They are called elementals, as a general and inclusive term. The spheres here described as below the earth are their domain. The worship of all these is heard or sensed in the heavenly realm and presented to the Creator in due order by the four living beings in common. Amen. It is proper that these should also present this worship, for they are man manifestations of four of the great princes who have charges of many of the departments of the kingdom of God. Their special work and office is manifested in the likeness they now assume. The appearance of the first, now he's, now he's talking about what John saw. The appearance of the first had something in common with that of the lion. And that's what John said. And the first beast was a lion. He is the Lord creator delicate of the wild animals of higher grade. He who resembles a young bull, and he meant the second beast like a calf, has lordship over the domestic animals. The one whose aspect suggested an eagle flying supervises the bird kingdom. The one with the appearance of a man ministers to mankind on the physical side. The or lower orders of animal life, reptiles, fishes, and others, are not excluded, but include, included in the higher types. They are mentioned later as the service of worship proceeds. And I think he was talking about verse 13. Let's go to verse 13, chapter 5. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. So, now go on with what the Spirit told Reverend G. Owen. So it happened that when all created things paid their homage to him who sat on the throne and to the Lamb, these four great princes responded, Amen. Thus, through their representative lords, the different departments of the whole creation are continuously paying their homage to the author of their being. So, what is he saying? What many have taken to be more allegorical writings by John, which I have, I'm part of that too until I read this, are in actuality as good as reporting as possible by a human who is used to their limited ability in our world of four dimensions on events happening in the expanded dimensions of heaven. He also tells us that there are more types and classes of spirits that we can imagine in the spirit realm. There are lesser spirits, maybe those with limited free will. I am not sure, but they are extremely important to the smooth running of God's universe. 
I liken these to the various modules, programs, control routines, which one should call of the software that directs, manages, time slices, records, and moves forward all functionality of a complex operating system. We have created on Earth via our software ex expertise, right? Those type of things, operating system, software. Of course, our creation is like a child putting cardboard boxes together to make a car compared to what drives the spirit universe. But you can see the analogy there that the, you know, there's all these different functionalities with different levels of complexity and, and hence intelligence where man is man here on earth and then man as a spirit as with free will is the highest creature. And then you have these lesser, uh, modules or controls or animals here on earth now let's carry on with chapter five i just skipped the chapter um chapter eight uh, 13 we're talking about the the lesser animals okay so now let's carry on with what john saw this is just amazing uh, verse eight and when he had taken the book the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the, thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And that's how made in, us into our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth. And then verse 11, <clears throat> excuse me. And I beheld, I heard the voices, the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Lane, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, such as are in the sea, and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Now, it's not my intent to interpret the vision of John for future or past events, merely to give credence to what he described in actual meaning of Jesus, his ministers, in an unknown level of heaven. But there are some answers to John's prophetic revelations in the Spirit Emmanuel's book On the Road to the Light. It's a great book. I recommend everyone read that, On the Road to the Light. Now, in chapter 11, let's go to chapter 11. And we'll, I'll tell you what was told to us. Verse 2. But the court which is without the temple leave out, and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles and the holy city. Shall they tread underfoot forty and two months? Now, let's talk about this for a second. When he said that you're going to give the holy city shall tread underfoot 40 and two months. So let's talk about the New Testament 
what people look as the apocalypse. So given that the earth is a planet of expiation or atonement, as we call it, the spirit realm is actively involved in moving us to a better spiritual plane. The spirit Emmanuel, who is a spirit guide for Francisco C. Xavier, and who inspired many books psychographed by Francisco, wrote in his book On the Way to the Light about the reasons for the spirit world to send the revelations to John. This is what Emmanuel told Chico Xavier. A few years before the end of the first century, after the coming of the new doctrine, the powers of the spirit world made an analysis of the dreadful situation of the world in view of the future. The divine master called to the higher spheres the spirit John, who was still being held prisoner by the bonds of the earth, and the astonished, afflicted apostle read the symbolic language of the invisible world. The Lord told him to deliver his knowledge to the planet as a warning to all the nations and peoples of the earth, and the old apostle Patmos transmitted the extraordinary warnings of the apocalypse to his disciples. All of the events posterior to John's life are foreseen therein. Certainly, the apostle's description frequently enters the obscurest terrain. One can plainly see that his human language could not faithfully, faithfully replicate, replicate the divine expression of his visions of remarkable interest for the history of mankind. The wars, the ide ideological struggles of Western civilization are all foreseen in minute detail and its most dreadful image, which is even today still offered to the eyes of the modern world, is that of the deviant church of Rome, symbolized as the beast, cloth in purple and drunk on the blood of the saints. So let's look at a summary of the New Testament Apocalypse, chapter 13, and let's analyze it through the spirit of Emmanuel. This is what chapter 13 says. A beast comes out of the sea. It has ten horns, Seven, seven um, heads. Let me see if I can put this on the screen first. Before I carry on. And I stood up and upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. So, and then I'll, I'll go on, but just to paraphrase, it is given the power and throne authority by the dragon. One head was mortally wounded and healed. In wonderment, the whole world followed after the beast. People worship beast and dragon, their authority to last only 42 months granted authority over all people, nation, and race, race, worshiped by all those who do not have their names in the book of life. So let him have who has ears heed these words. It is death, destined for captivity. If one is destined for captivity, into captivity he goes. If one is destined to be slain by the sword, by the sword he will be slain. Such is the faithful endurance that distinguishes God's holy people. So, a second beast up then comes out of the earth. It's used the authority of the first beast to promote its interest by making the world worship the first beast, whose mortal wound has been healed, performs great miracles, leads astray earth inhabitants by telling them to make an idol of the first beast. 
Life is given to the image of the beast and the power of speech and the ability to put to death anyone who refuses to worship it. It forces all men, rich and poor, to accept a stamped image on the right hand or forehead. No one is allowed to buy or sell anything unless first marked with the name of the beast or the number that stood for its name. Now, this is what I'm reading what um, Emmanuel said. A certain wisdom is needed here. With a little ingenuity, anyone can calculate the number of the beast. For it is a number that stands for a certain man. That man's number is 666. So, first we are told the authority of the beast will last 42 months, according to Emmanuel. This is the correct interpretation. The apocalypse states that the beast would stay great and blasphemous for 42 months. Now, how many people have all said, oh, the 666, this beast is going to rise up? So, listen to this. Adding that his number would be 666. Now, by examining the importance of the symbols at that time and following a certain course of interpretation, we can take each month as being 30 years instead of 30 days. Let me bring this up because I think we're done looking at, uh, at this right now. There. So, again, 42 months. Emmanuel says, instead of 30 days, take 30 years. So, hence, there is a period of 1,260 years, which is precisely the period 16, oh, I'm sorry, 610 A.D. to 1870 A.D. of our era, when the papacy was, the Pope, was consolidated from the time of its appearance with the Empress, the Emperor, Focus in 607 to the decree of papal, papal infallibility infallibility sorry by Pius IX in 1870, which marked the decadence and absence of the Vatican's authority in light of humankind's scientific, philosophic, and religious evolution. So, the beast was the Pope, and the Pope in and. It, it, the whole thing is really as a symbol, as a symbolism for the Catholic Church, which became corrupted over time. Now, forgetting that it is the Church who is to serve, not the populace to serve the Church. This is what Emmanuel and other spirits have told us many times: is that we are here on Earth to serve, not for people to serve us. This goes to people of the Catholic Church, of any type of church, any type of religions, the politicians, to everyone. Emmanuel tells us of many occasions when the spirit world attempted to bring the church back to its beginnings. One such effort is one of a, when one of Jesus' apostles reincarnated as St. Francis of Assisi. St. Francis tried to demonstrate by example that the church was meant to go out and help people, not just to collect money or to stay locked up in monasteries. Now, let's talk about the famous number 666. If the Catholic church was the beast... What does the number 666 signify? Again, Emmanuel has the answer. This is what he said. As for the number 666, without referring to the interpretations using Greek numerals, but rather using the Roman numerals because they were the most widespread and well-known, we must keep in mind that the supreme pontiff of the Roman church used the titles, now I'm going to destroy Latin here, 
Vacarifus, Generalissus, Dei, and Teres. The next title is Vacaricus, Vila, Dei, and then the next one is Dux Clerae, which means respectively God's chief vicar on earth, vicar of the Son of God, and captain of the clergy. All one needs is a little game of patience, adding up the Roman numerals found in each papal title, and one will find the same results of 666 in each one of them. End quote by Emmanuel. So the beast of 666 is really the Rome, is the Catholic Church headed by the Pope. So hence, the beasts were the popes who contributed to the church's journey from simple gathering places where people congregated to discuss the teaching of Jesus to, to assist those in need to the builder of wealth for the religious classes at the top by siphoning the hard-earned money of millions of peasants to the present-day Catholic Church's benefits they have performed themselves they have reformed themselves into a more benevolent organization, performing many good services for their flock. So, let's talk about it. So, what a lot of people's interpretations of the apocalypse, has, a lot of this has already passed. Doesn't mean they're still not in there. But now let's talk about how spiritism interprets the apocalypse. So, the end will come but it will come for those low spirits who did not care to learn from their successive lives on this planet. Reincarnation is told by the doctrine of spiritism. As more spirits understand what it means to be selfless, charitable, and honorable in all circumstances, thereby shedding the constant striving for material goods, they will remain within the earth's sphere, whether in spiritual or physical form the good spirits will vie for the honor of assisting the transformation of the planet. The last question of the 1,019 questions in the Spirits book tells us exactly how the apocalypse will roll out. Question 1,019. Will the reign of goodness ever be established upon the earth? This is the answer. Goodness will reign upon the earth when, among the spirits who come to dwell in it, the good shall be more numerous than the bad, for they will then bring in the reign of love and justice, which are the source of good and happiness. So what are they telling us? As more people are truly good, the weight of the culture will influence others to follow their example. Now, I know everyone's telling me, no, we're not there yet. Yes, you are correct. We are not there yet. At some time in the future we will be. Those living will have some time to improve themselves, to turn away from the pursuit of coinage by any means, right? Others will not be so lucky. The Spirit's Book will, tells us their fate. This is what they say will happen. Again, this is a part of the answer to question 1019. The spirits of the wicked people who are mowed down each day by death and all who endeavor to arrest the onward movement will be excluded from the earth and compelled to incarnate themselves elsewhere. Now, let me stop for a second. Now, when they were talking in John's Revelation, they were talking about the dragon and the beast. I want to bring that in because I didn't talk about it at, at that earlier time. Many times they will talk in the book Liberation. They'll talk about the dragon. And the dragon is that power structure in 
the lowest levels are called the dark abyss. We can call it purgatory, right? Because no one's in, there's no hell, there's no forever. But there is organization, there is an organization in purgatory, just like there's an organization in heaven, and it's a, not a nice organization, but they are called, they call themselves the dragons, right? And so, and that dragon there, there could be some that's been there for, they tell us, almost like 10,000 years who are in that hellish place, that dark abyss. And that's where they say they will have the rain. So it will be, and what the dragon does down in that purgatory is they influence their spirits to come influence here us and, uh, you know, incarnates to do bad things. Those are the negative influences. Why so many times I talk about weigh everything, filter everything through your conscience. It's so important because there are always people, souls and other people trying to tell us to do the wrong thing. So this power structure, these people have real power, real cities down there, you know, legions of armies of not very nice spirits. Do they want to give thou all that up? No, that's why they're fighting very hard to stop us moving forward, stop the planet of Earth from becoming a planet of regeneration. Now, I'll talk about that in a second. So they say, that, and the answer is, the spirits of the wicked people were mowed down each day by death, and all who endeavor to arrest the onward movement, including incarnates and discarnates, will be excluded from the earth and compelled to incarnate themselves elsewhere, for they would be out of place among those nobler races of human beings whose felicity would be impaired by their presence among them. They will be sent into never worlds less advanced than the earth and will then fulfill hard and laborious missions, which will furnish them with the means of advancing while contributing also to the advancement of their brethren of those younger worlds less advanced than themselves. So all these people who are down in the dark abyss, who have lots of power and responsibility, will lose it all. They will be sent to other planets because when we, the Earth, are, be, are, do, will become a planet of regeneration, we will not be influenced by inferior spirits. That is the apocalypse. The apocalypse will happen unseen to us, but there will be a division, right? So the people who continue to behave badly will have a surprise waiting for them when they expire. When they wake up in the spare world and then expect to return here on earth to spread more chaos, they shall be instead whisked away to another less advanced planet to live among those who are on a lower level. Imagine dying after residing in a beautiful mansion by the sea, brought, you know, bought by systematically stealing the wealth of others, then landing into the midst of a sewer-smelling city with no modern technology, where luxury is having hot water boiled for you once a week. Now, these will be repressed memories, but they'll still have these feelings from their past lives on Earth, and now they're on this new planet with everything is horrible. This is what is awaiting all those who resist modifying their behavior and attitudes 
that celebrate robbing innocents, violence, and feeling superior to those who don't stoop to their level. Even then, under God's benevolence, they too shall have a chance to redeem themselves and reascend at some point in time to a better planet. The weeding out of the reluctant spirits and the populating of the planet with good spirits will be a gradual conversion. We are being groomed to attain the state required for us to inhabit a non-expiratory world, or a world of non-atonement, a world of regeneration. In in Genesis, the apocalypse will not occur in a big bang, but will be, this is uh, uh, Genesis, the book by Helen Kardec, According to the spirits, the earth will not be transformed by a cataclysm that will suddenly wipe out an entire generation. The current generation will gradually disappear will disappear gradually, and the new one will follow it in the same way, without there have been any change in the natural order of things. So, what will happen to us who remain? The Spirit of Truth, as promised in the New Testament, John uh, chapter 14, verses 15 and 17, as the Consoler sent to Alan Kardec to reveal the doctrine of Spiritism, tells us in the Gospel according to Spiritism what will be. This is what we're being told what is going to await us. The time is near for the fulfillment of those things proclaimed for the transformation of humankind. Blessed will be those who have worked in the Lord's field selfishly and with no other motive than charity. Their work days will be paid a hundredfold more than what they expected. Blessed will be those who said to their fellow men and women, Brothers and sisters, let us work together and combine our efforts so that the master may find the work accomplished at his coming. For the master will say to them, Come unto me, you who have been good servants, you who have known how to silence your jealousies and discord, so that no harm will come to the work. What are they telling us? That one hundredfold reward will be our life on a regenerative planet, where there is more good than evil, and we can thrive in an environment relatively free of discord with no fear of war or other violent ends. It will be a place, a safe heaven, to continue learning how we can progress to become a pure spirit. This is what is awaiting us. Now, what is awaiting those others? I read this, and I forgot what book it was in, but it wasn't a it wasn't exactly from a spiritist meaning, but it had many spiritist attributes to it and the spirit was at i think it was the spirit of paul he said it was the spirit paul i don't know this independently he was at a meeting where they had a collection of spirits and as chico said this probably was on the moon they said that the moon is like a way station where the spirits who are said oh you you cannot be on earth anymore you're just you're not making improvement you're too primitive you're going to go to a more primitive planet where you belong and they were this group of spirits was there, and this high spirit was listening to what was told to them. And he was saying, okay, now, for those here, you're going to have an opportunity to go to another planet. You did not take the time to learn what you should have learned on Earth. You did not improve yourself. Therefore, you're going to a more primitive planet, and you will help those people with your advanced knowledge. But let me tell you, this is the type of planet you're going I'll give you an example, and I'm paraphrasing here. 
During a wedding ceremony, there will be two men fighting for one bride. The men will fight for the death, to the death, in order to marry that woman. The loser of the fight will be eaten at the wedding ceremony. This is the life you are going. So, you're going to a place where, the, you know, these people could. I'm sure there's lots of different places they go could go to. But they could be going to a short and brutish existence for many, many lives. Imagine how many tens of thousands of years that, you know, humankind have been in, you know, short, brutal lives and tribes where you could all of a sudden be attacked by another tribe and you're either a slave or you're dead. Well, that's where a lot of these people who do not want to improve, they have free will. You can, you can park or do bad things as long as you wish, but you're going to keep learning until the lesson sinks in. It, the spirit world is more powerful than any of us. No one, we are all part and parcel of it. Not one of us, no matter how independent we feel or that we feel superior at a time to other people, we are not. We are all spirits. All spirits are created equally. That means all spirits, now, not here humans on earth, all spirits have the same capacity to fulfill whatever intellectual pursuit they want, artistic, whatever, as long as they work for it. There is no there is no physical limitation. Here on earth, we have physical limitations. I cannot run as fast as an Olympic runner. I am never going to be as smart as some of these, you know, most of these other smart people, scientists and mathematicians, etc. It just will not happen. No matter how hard I work, I don't have the capacity in my brain. But in the spirit world, you do. It's up to you. It's up to your own discipline. So, this is why our training is pretty tough, right? We're supposed to wipe out these primitive emotions, replace them with superior emotions. And why are we, re why, right? Because at some point we'll be at a level working for Jesus or someone like him or at his level where we too will help guide human race or human-like race or whole cultures and help create solar systems and planets. Who knows how many things we could be doing. So, if you would like to learn more about the spirit universe, let me suggest my book, Heaven and Below. Now, I have three books, Heaven and Below, The Spirit and the Spirit Universe, and How We Are Guided by Spirits. It tells you everything I have found from taking the writings of all the spiritist mediums in anything I can find in English and telling you what heaven is like, what are the power of spirits, how are spirits educated in heaven, what are the lower zones and below that are like, how does Jesus lead us in the spirit world? That's one part, one section of my book, Heaven and Below. There are so many things to find out. And the more you understand what is awaiting for you, the more you will want to take action. So lastly, if you want to learn how to ascend, how you need to reform yourself to be successful when you enter heaven is my book, How to Live Inner Peace Through Spiritism. You can find the links below to all to my books. Uh, when I put post this onto YouTube or BitChute, you can also go to my website, nwspiritism.com. On the right-hand side, I have links to my books. 
I have also How to Live on Kindle and Paperback and Audio. And I will be coming out on Book 1, Heaven and Below, on audio pretty soon, probably within a month before the end of 2019. So however you like the books, they will be there for you. So please go tell your friends, share this video, share it on Facebook to other sites, let people understand why they are going through the trials and tribulations they are going through. It will help them be more calm and more understanding of the drama that they must go through because, quite frankly, the spirit world, they are teaching us valuable lessons and they're not meant here to punish us, but to guide us in the right path. So I want to say everyone, thank you for listening to me tonight and God bless.